Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're tuning in to this podcast. St Bride's is one of the most famous and historic churches in London. Behind me, just over that wall, you can still see the remains of a Roman pavement dating back to around 180 AD. And there's been a church on this site since the 6th century. So it's a privilege for us to be keeping alive that tradition and the message of Christ's love for all here today. Do please leave a comment or a like and tell us where you're listening from. It's always a great pleasure to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these online services, you'll find details in the accompanying text. And now may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. Jesus said, I am the living bread that came down from heaven.
Lord be with you. A very warm welcome to St. Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this, the 10th Sunday after Trinity. Wherever you are in the world, and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St. Bride's family. We begin now with our opening prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins, to be our advocate in heaven, and to bring us to eternal life. Let us confess our sins in penitence and faith, firmly resolved to keep God's commandments and to live in love and peace with all. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins. Confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Gloria in excelsis Deo.
Let your merciful ears, O Lord, be open to the prayers of your humble servants, and, that they may obtain their petitions, make them to ask such things as shall please you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the first book of Kings. But Elijah himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat down under a broom tree, and he asked that he might die, saying, It is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. And he lay down and slept under a broom tree. And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was at his head a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. And he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time, and touched him, and said, Arise and eat, else the journey will be too great for you. And he arose, and ate, and drank, and went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights to Horeb, the mount of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
A reading from the letter to the Ephesians. Putting away falsehood, let everyone speak the truth with his neighbour, for we are members one of another. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labour, doing honest work with his hands, so that he may be able to give to those in need. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for edifying, as fits the occasion, that it may impart grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, in whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamour and slander be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. This is the word of the Lord. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Jesus said to the crowd, I am the bread of life. 
He who comes to me shall not hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. The Jews then murmured at him, because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. They said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Do not murmur among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learnt from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father, except him who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread which comes down from heaven, that a man may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread which I shall give for the life of the world is my flesh. This is the Gospel of the Lord. May I speak in the name of the living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. One of the things that I have come to notice and which I often find significant when visiting churches is whether or not the sacrament is reserved and the extent to which it's a focal point. The practice of reserving the sacrament, of setting aside some portion of the consecrated elements after communion, was prohibited in many Protestant churches in the 16th century. The 39 articles that were set out to define the practices of the Church of England state that the sacrament of the Lord's Supper was not by Christ's ordinance reserved, carried about, lifted up or worshipped, referring there to the Roman Catholic practices. Reservation of the sacrament died out amongst Anglicans until the 19th century, which was a period of recovery of Catholic practices including regular celebration of the Eucharist. The First World War was also significant when reservation allowed chaplains to give communion in the trenches or on the battlefield to severely wounded soldiers. In a Roman Catholic church, you are likely to see a tabernacle, a veiled box that contains the reserved sacrament. The word tabernacle is derived from the Latin for tent, a reference to the tent of presence which the Israelites carried with them as they wandered in the desert and which contained behind a veil the Holy of Holies, the Ark of the Covenant, and inside the tablets of the law given to Moses on Sinai, and also a jar of manna to always remind them that God provided bread in the wilderness. 
Sometimes the host is reserved in a pyx, which hangs over the altar. There's one at St Dunstan's Chapel in St Paul's Cathedral, just up the road from St Bride's. Most often in Anglican churches, though, as here at St Bride's, you will see an ombre, which is like a safe in the wall, again often with a veil. Sometimes the ombre is clearly marked as a special place, for example, with a perpetual light burning. Other times it is clearly neglected. I was once preparing myself for worship at a very beautiful chapel in Wales and was dismayed to find the ombre being used to store pens, a notepad and a box of matches. But does any of this matter? we might ask, or is it just the kind of trivial detail that those 16th century reformers aim to free us from? Am I paying attention to something of significance when I look for the sacrament in the churches I visit, or am I just distracted by church traditions? As we seek to address that question, it's worth remembering that when Jesus died, the Gospels tell us the veil of the temple was torn from top to bottom. That's the very moment represented in our altar painting of the crucifixion. That tearing suggests not only the grief of loss, but also freedom, an unveiling, a release. For Jews, the temple of Jerusalem had been regarded as the place of God's presence on earth. For Christians, there isn't anywhere with that same significance, but the Eucharist does have a special importance because it is where we receive Christ and are incorporated into his body. In his book, Alive in God, A Christian Imagination, Timothy Radcliffe, former master of the Dominican order in this country, writes of the sacramental imagination. The principle of sacramentality, he says, is the fundamental conviction that the visible, tangible and historical material of the world around us is capable of revealing the intangible, invisible and immaterial presence of God. That can be seen to apply to the universe as a whole. The world is charged with the grandeur of God as Gerard Manley Hopkins described it. But we have our eyes closed, interested only in how we can exploit the Earth's resources. Now, our service each week is structured around word and sacrament. The relative attention that's given to each tells you a lot about any church. And you can observe that in the liturgy, in the act of worship itself, but also in the church building and in its decorations. In the Hebrew scriptures, the word of God, the Torah, is sometimes referred to as a form of nourishment. In the book of Ezekiel, for example, we read, Son of man, eat what is offered to you. Eat this scroll and go and speak to the house of Israel. Then I ate it. And in my mouth it was sweet as honey.
The word of God is the revelation of the love of God for the Jewish people. The revelation of what our lives, the whole history of the universe and salvation is about. And it is sweet as honey. Jean Varnier observed that Jesus' teaching in today's gospel points to the importance of the word. Those listening to Jesus would understand that the bread Jesus was speaking about was the nourishing bread of the word of God. But Jesus leads them further. He is not just the word of God enlightening their hearts and minds. He is the word made flesh, wanting to give himself to them as he is in his incarnated person and to be present to them as a vulnerable friend through his flesh. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. It was a difficult teaching. It divided those who followed him. But the breaking and sharing of bread is the defining characteristic of Christian worship. Now, I'm conscious that I haven't really answered the question I posed. Is the reservation of the sacrament something significant? I'm certainly inclined to think it is, but I recognise that people have different opinions and responses. I'll share with you the words of Suzanne Guthrie, a minister in the Episcopalian Church, whose meditation on this issue is instructive. She says, Sacramental objects teach me to see sacramentally. I see altar guild members, priests, chalices and fair linens as an almost remedial lesson in caring for ordinary things. Architects create beautiful orderly spaces of worship to open people's hearts to beauty in an unorderly world. Devout men and women eat the bread of Holy Communion in order to help awaken their consciousness to recognising the bread of life everywhere. If God lived in a tabernacle, in a church only, I would never leave church. Liturgy lets me linger with a thought of presence, then pushes me out of the door with the insistent dismissal to seek and serve God elsewhere, that is, in the places most difficult to perceive divine love. When I'm weary, I come back to renew the process, each Eucharist giving me, hopefully, a deeper and wider insight into the next adventure. The Eucharistic host, so small, pale, a mere wafer of lightness, contains the universe. A worshipper becomes one with the universe, consuming this wonder within the body, a mystery angels dare not look upon. But we're mistaken if we think we can contain the holy in a tabernacle. The bread of life lives inside the least desired and least loved of humanity. Here, 
is Christ's true presence. In the franticness of life, it is hard to slow down enough to remember the Holy of Holies. If I do not reverence the divine with all my being, how then can I partake of the holy and carry the divine within myself and then bear it out again into the broken, dangerous, suffering world? And while I know the temple veil is ultimately torn, if I do not embrace the sense of presence in the sacred space, how will I recognise it in the hubbub of life outside? Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall not hunger, and he who believes in me shall not thirst. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the word of the creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten and not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, we pray through your Son, Jesus Christ, in whom you have been revealed. Make your church pure in all its dealings, that it might spread peace through its officers, its members, and to all who look to it for guidance. Give to those you have called to your service grace to be ministers of the bread of life. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Look with compassion on the world where anger so often prevails over love, where lies or cruel words destroy fellowship. Show the errors of your ways and make all know the peace that is Christ. Direct those who govern the nations 
and all who commit their lives to bring aid and relief to our most vulnerable people in places of conflict or natural disaster. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Bring us together as a community of reconciliation, love and peace, that we might grow in our faith, our understanding and in our witness to your glory. Protect journalists in their pursuit of the news, particularly those held captive. At this time we pray for Roman Protasevich, for John Cantley, and for Austin Tice. Protect the people of Fleet Street as they go about their business, and all who gather in this place. Guide us all in our calling as we welcome, minister and worship, in song, in word and in deed. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We bring before you our sick, weak and suffering, that all might be touched by your healing power. Give them comfort, relief and hope. Give strength and wisdom to all who nurse and heal and care for our loved ones. Guide and protect them both in their vocations and in their family lives. We continue to pray for our brothers and sisters across the world who suffer the effects of COVID-19 physically, mentally and emotionally. Lord, in your mercy, hear, hear our prayer. Receive into your care the souls of all who have recently died. And hear us as we remember all those we love but see no more. Giving thanks for all they have given in work in friendship, in love. For all they take with them and for the memories they leave behind. Grant them everlasting refreshment in your heavenly kingdom. Strengthened by Christ, the bread of life, we pray. Merciful Father, Accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Will you please stand? Christ is our peace. He has reconciled us to God in one body by the cross. We meet in his name and we share his peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise. Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. For he is your living word. Through him you have created all things from the beginning and formed us in your own image. Through him you have freed us from the slavery of sin, giving him to be born of a woman and to die upon the cross. You raised him from the dead and exalted him to your right hand on high. Through him you have sent upon us your holy and life-giving spirit and made us a people for your own possession. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing.
Accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, who in the same night that he was betrayed took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him, and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
we do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Amen. Let us pray. God of our pilgrimage, you have willed that the gate of mercy should stand open for those who trust in you. Look upon us with your favour, that we who follow the path of your will may never wander from the way of life, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen.
of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen. Go in the peace.